This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race for a Delta position. Got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Martin Trex Jr. wins the Instacart 500 at Phoenix Raceway. Coming to the checker, bud. You want hell of a job, man. Yeah! Yeah, baby! NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we transition back east. We spent the weekend at Phoenix Raceway. Now we're headed off to the Atlanta Motor Speedway for triple header activity. And speaking of racing out west at Phoenix Raceway, we're going to have a NASCAR Live backtracks from this past weekend's Instacart 500 in case you missed all that went on in that race. Plus, we're also going to take a look at the five different drivers on the Cup Series that have had a fantastic start to the season. Five different winners in five races to get us going here in 2021. We're also going to shift gears and talk some NASCAR Xfinity Series racing with the reigning champion and most recent Xfinity Series winner, Austin Sendrick. He'll join us on the show today. Plus, we'll talk some NASCAR Camping World Truck Series racing with Grant Enfinger, who is behind the wheel of Thor Sport Racing's number 98, Thor Sport Racing Toyota this weekend. Plus, we're going to sit down and visit with Cliff Daniels. He's Kyle Larson's crew chief in the NASCAR Cup Series. They've already gone to victory lane here in 2021, and we'll have a whole lot more for you as well. But first, to get us started, Kyle Ricky is here to catch us up with the latest in NASCAR news after a lot of on-track action at Phoenix over the weekend. Kyle, what do you have for us today? Mike, NASCAR is holding its second test of the NASCAR Next Gen Race Car of the Year this week at the Richmond Raceway in Virginia. Bubba Wallace will be the driver. The test was originally scheduled for two days, but rain on Tuesday has forced NASCAR to test on just Wednesday. The car is scheduled to make its on-track debut next season. Capacity limits at racetracks across the country continue to be released as states continue to open up. Martinsville Speedway in Virginia expects to host 30% of its capacity for next month's Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 NASCAR Cup Series weekend. 
That will be up from the 1,000 fan allotment from last fall. Pocono Raceway in Pennsylvania has announced that they will be able to hold 50% of their fan capacity for the race weekend on June 25th through the 27th, after racing without any fans a year ago. Looking ahead to this weekend, NASCAR Xfinity Series points leader Austin Sindrick will be pulling double duty at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Sindrick will compete in not only Saturday's Xfinity Series race, but also in Sunday's Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 NASCAR Cup Series race. Sunday's race will be his second Cup Series start, following a 15th place finish in the season opening Daytona 500. Hear more from Sindrick later in today's show. And Martin Truix Jr. has announced that he'll be running in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race on dirt at the Bristol Motor Speedway on March 27th and will be driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports. The race will be run the day before NASCAR's Cup Series returns to dirt on March 28th. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll revisit this past weekend's Instacart 500 and later we'll take a closer look at the five different winners to start the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Whelan would like to congratulate Martin Truex Jr. and his number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the win at Phoenix Raceway. They are the Whelan Pit Crew of the Week. Despite early race trouble, Truex and team pulled together to score their first victory of the season. About lap six or seven, I hit the fence off of turn two, and our car was just super tight to start the race. It wasn't any good at all. I, I cannot believe I'm standing here right now. Uh, what an effort by the guys on the team, and um, man, just just unreal to, to hit the fence, to go to the back, to fix it, uh, to make some huge adjustments, and to be able to run as good as we did at the end there. I'm just... I'm speechless. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season concluded its early West Coast swing at Phoenix Raceway this past weekend. Here's how it all sounded with a brand new edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks. Tip a cap to somebody who calls Glendale, Arizona home. He won the Daytona 500 just a month ago. Yep, Michael McDowell has just been a fantastic whirlwind ride for the last month. All right, let me pray for this. God, thank you for another opportunity to do something we'd love to do. Uh, I pray that you wash over my guys. Keep us safe today. Watch over us, protect us. Thank you for an incredible week. And just uh, thankful to get to do what we get to do Tuesday. Amen. Off of turn number four, looking for the green flag, and it goes in the air, and we are underway. Brad Kozlowski to the inside. You guys have a great day down there. Nice to be starting up front. Do my best to keep her up there. Thank you, everybody. Yes, sir. Just keep her posted what you need to be better all day. That's the problem today. Danny Hamlin all of a sudden has got some good forward bite to the inside of Brad Keselowski. He goes there side by side for the top spot. And now your new leader off turn two is Danny Hamlin. New leader to the 11. Grab your brakes for me. Green switch up, green up. Damn thing turns on a dime. Yeah. 
Hopefully you say that in another 200 lap. Martin Trix Jr. lost a spot. He bounced it off the safer barrier off turn two. Pretty tight right now. Got the wall off the two. Center and exit wall turn. Yeah, we got it. We got a fix. Trouble for Alex Bowler on their turns one and two. Simply lost the handle, spins it around, makes light contact with the outside wall right here at turn two. Troubles for Alex Bowman. Hang on to it. Lock it down, lock it down, lock it down. We're in the wall, guys. Left side, gonna have left side damage and left side all the way around. As this duck there, I didn't want to go to the bottom because I didn't have any drive. But once the 10 got in there, I was just stuck behind the 42. Nine times Harvick has won here at this racetrack, and he's finished in the top 10 in the last 15 straight Phoenix NASCAR Cup Series races. But there might be a little extra pressure on old Pops' shoulders this weekend. Yeah, well, there's already one Harvick that's won today, and that's Keelan. FYI, little Harvick won. All right. Two cars have hit the outside wall. It is Cody Ware. You come check up, check up, check up, check up, check up. We're in the wall here, guys. Be ready. Gonna have to clear the right side. I don't know what he was doing. He was bracing you like a jerk. Wasn't even on our lap. And Antonio Alfredo, they have hit the wall hard. We got wrecked here. Lots of damage. I guess when all you could do is run 30th every week, you gotta wreck him for it. When you can't beat someone who's wrecked, hey, this tore up, guys. Sorry, nothing I could do there. We'll uh, have these days, unfortunately. Just gotta go to Atlanta. We've got two penalties to hand out. One of them is Kyle Larson, busted for speeding not once, but now twice. You think we got a speedy penalty section? Section 10. Oh, how? Literally took it easier that time. Yeah, it's in four, man. Sorry about that. Section 10, do a pass through. Three drivers fall to the tail end of the field for speeding on pit road. They're Chase Elliott. Uh, we got a speeder penalty, section 10. Section 10 is before our box there. Anything different? I didn't think so, but obviously it was. I mean, I felt like I've been doing the same thing. Uh, only thing maybe was a little different was I increased faster, but I mean, it was no, not before I was supposed to, but I just happened to do it a little quicker that time. We got one in the fence, that's Tyler Reddick. Yeah, he washed way up the racetrack. Looked like he scraped the wall midway between turns three and four. Looks like we uh, broke a valve stem. Somehow it snapped out of the wheel. I don't know if that was something we did in here or something. I don't know, Cal. Sorry about that. I want to hear apologies from you guys. I driver get the thing right. Blew through the goddamn box. Up time after time. We're all in this together, buddy. We're all in it together and we're all gonna make it better together, alright? Keep your head in it, man. We're gonna shake this off us and we're gonna go forward. Looks like there might be trouble for Kyle Bush off of turn number four. Still green here, get her straight. Still green. Leader two, yellow, yellow. Leader mid back. They waited for the 17 to get by me to throw the yellow so the lucky dog could uh, have the lucky dog. Cool. So I was about ready to wreck the 42, anyways. Sure glad he got me first. Here he comes up off of turn number four. Checkered flag in the air. And Martin Trex Jr. wins the Instacart 500 at Phoenix Raceway. Coming to the checker, bud. Do you want? Hell of a job, man. Yeah! Yeah, baby! Awesome guy! Holy crap! Oh, yeah, man! Way to go! What a comeback! Awesome! So glad you guys. Thank you, everyone. Unbelievable, man. Awesome guy. Freaking awesome. All right. Five races, five different winners. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll further examine the unique start to the Cup Series season. And later, we take a sit down with reigning NASCAR Xfinity Series champion Austin Sindrick.
NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season is off to a start that few would have predicted. So far, all five Cup Series races have yielded a different winner. Our Dan Hubbard joins us now on the significance of this season's start. At the front of the field in Phoenix, it's Martin Truix Jr., the race leader, into turn three all by himself at the point. Here he comes up off of turn number four, checkered flag in the air, and Martin Truex Jr. wins the Instacart 500 at Phoenix Raceway. Five races in 2021, five different winners to start off the season. When Martin Truex Jr. crossed the finish line in Phoenix, he became the fifth different driver to win in 2021. Outside of Truex, no one would have predicted that the other four names would have wins before drivers like Kevin Harvick or Denny Hamlin. While five different drivers isn't record setting, it has put us on a rare path of how many races can we go before we have a repeat winner? It's happened before most recently in 2017. Team Penske and the Miller White Ford on their way to collect the grandfather clock. Brad Keselowski off turn number four. It will be career win number 22 for Brad Keselowski across the stripe. The checkered flag is out and Brad Keselowski has won the STP 500. The second win for him in the 2017 season. Brad Keselowski was the first repeat winner at race six in Martinsville. Three years before that, it took Kevin Harvick eight races to have repeat victories back in 2014. But Kevin Harvick is there. Harvick goes to the high side. Junior downstairs. Here comes Harvick for the lead, all four. Two drivers looking to go to victory lane for the second time this season. Around the outside goes Kevin Harvick. He's the race leader on the final lap. Kevin Harvick, power move in the outside lane. Drives around Dale Earnhardt Jr. Now he drives away from Jr. Harvick by five as he heads for three. Kevin Harvick for the final time off the end of the back straightaway. Looking for a win at Darlington. It's up to three. It's up to four. Five. Carling's in hand off the corner. He'll be the first repeat winner in the 2014 season. And he scores his first win at Darlington Raceway. Kevin Harvick takes the Bojangles Southern 500. A jump back to 2003 takes 10 races into the season before Kurt Busch became a repeat winner. As the white flag came out, Mark Martin was challenging for position coming up off turn number four. He and Jimmy Johnson made contact, slammed into the outside retaining wall. Johnson able to drive off. His car ripped all to pieces. Mark Martin down on the infield grass as his teammate Kurt Busch comes pouring off turn four. He's going to win the Auto Club 500. 30 years ago, it took eight races for the intimidator, Dale Earnhardt, to be the first repeat winner of 1991. Once again, smoothly, the good red Chevrolet through turns one and two. He'll take it wide off turn two, getting around Charlie Glotzbach on his way down the back straightaway towards victory for 
Bernhardt. Well, it won't be a new NASCAR record. We'll have a different winner for only seven races in a row. Dale Earnhardt will repeat after winning at Richmond earlier this year and break that particular streak. But at the same time, it is his fifth ever win here at Martinsville, Virginia, as he endures in the Haynes 500. But the longest it took for a repeat winner in a season? Well, it was the year 2000, and it was race 11 when Dale Earnhardt Jr. went to victory lane for the second time. One lap to go for Dale Earnhardt Jr. as he is being pursued right now by Terry Labonte. Terry's thrown everything at him but the kitchen sink. They're off turn two. Terry is there sneaking a look out of the inside. Dale Jarrett is there as well. They are nose to tail coming to the end of the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt Jr. for now is holding the ball, but Terry's on the move. Here comes Terry looking down low under Dale Jr. off of turn number four. It's not going to work. Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets his second NASCAR Winston Cup Series win taking the Pontiac excitement 400 at Richmond by just a couple of feet over Terry Labonte. 2021 is already five races in. Will we see a repeat winner at Atlanta this weekend? Or will another veteran find his way to victory lane for our sixth different winner? Thank you, Dan. Coming up this past weekend's NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Phoenix was won by Austin Sendrick. Well, join us to talk about that win and his season. And later, Camping World Truck Series driver Grant Enfinger joins the show. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. White flag in the air. Austin Cendrick for the final time races to turn one. Absolutely legging it out on the rest of the field. And your second place man is now Ty Gibbs. And he just throws his Toyota into turn one. He closes the gap. Turn it about three, three and a half car lengths between the top two. Here comes Ty Gibbs off of turn number two looking for another win. It's Austin Cendrick, though, the race leader by two car lengths. Here comes Gibbs to the bottom. Boy, he's digging hard. Ty Gibbs, one more shot won't get there. Cedric across the line, career win number 10, and he will go back to back at Phoenix Raceway. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded this past Saturday evening right here on the Motor Racing Network. Austin Cedric going back to back at Phoenix Raceway. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. He is off to a great start. Speaking of Austin Cedric, how Kyle Ricky had a chance to sit down with Austin to discuss last weekend's win and the pursuit of being a repeat champion in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Able to catch up now with the uh, driver for Team Penske, the defending champion in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and also the winner of the Call 811 Before You Dig 200 at the Phoenix Raceway this past weekend, Austin Sindrick. And first off, Austin, congratulations on the win, leading 119 of the 200 laps. It looked like you had the car to beat from the start of the race. Did you? Was the car that good? Yeah, we, we had a fast car shot Ford Mustang. You know, I, I think there's there's definitely some things we learned from the weekend that we can hopefully carry, carry over in the fall and, and hopefully be in a position to, to fight for another championship. So that's obviously an extremely important racetrack, uh, a great place to have some speed and, and to hopefully be able to carry that over. When you were at the front of the field, it was strong. You, you looked like you could drive away uh, for the most part. I felt like, though, when you got in traffic, though, things were a little bit more difficult for you. Uh, I mean, was the car just not as stable in traffic? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult racetrack once you lose track position. I mean, you know, I think I think my pit crew did a great job there the last two stops to to keep us in the game and, and gain us that one last spot to, to help us kind of control the race there. Um, because, like you said, I, I think when we were out front, we could control the race. And um, I think really whoever was out front, you know, I think the, the best three cars were probably myself, the seven, and, and the 19 with Brandon Jones. So 
Um, I think if one of those three cars got up front, they were going to be hard to beat. And uh, obviously we execute on those restarts there and uh, put ourselves in position to win. A lot of talk this weekend, a lot of talk the last, I guess, five years about the traction compound or, or the PJ1 that's applied to the surface at Phoenix and the, the middle lane and in the outside lane. How much did that come into play on, on how you were able to navigate the, the Phoenix Oval? It, it definitely came into play for us. Yeah, I feel like you, your question is heading into these weekends. You know, when we first started applying it, it was, you know, is it going to come in? You know, what's the effect going to be? And now I feel like as race teams and as drivers, I feel like we know what the effect's going to be. And we know that it's going to come in because uh, I feel like the series and the tracks have learned uh, what applications and what methods to use to make it do it. But it's, it's to what degree and it's to when and where and, and how much uh, and, and how wide, you know, and, I, and that, those are the things that change the balance of our race car. So um, I feel like it came in a little bit different and, and the track conditions were probably a little bit different than, than what we had last fall and probably last spring as well. Um, so I, I think I have to go look at those factors and understand why and, and hopefully be able to add that to the notebook to, to when we when we approach the race in the fall and see if anything uh, lines up similarly. Definitely uh, quite the science, no doubt. Keeps the teams on their toes every time we go back to the Phoenix Raceway. Let's talk about your season thus far. Mentioned a moment ago, uh, the first two-time winner of the season. Wins coming on the Super Speedway at Daytona this past weekend in Phoenix. A runner-up finish on the Daytona Road Course. Fourth in Vegas, fifth in Miami. Doesn't get much more consistent than that. Uh, how would you kind of summarize the first five starts for, for your Team Penske team? Yeah, I mean, on paper, it's really consistent, but there's a lot of those races that were really difficult. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the majority of them, honestly, I think this weekend was probably the, the smoothest one we've had in a while between obviously getting that damage and having to come through the field at, at, at Vegas. And um, uh, honestly, I forget what happened to us at Homestead, but um, at Vegas, we, we had uh, – the, the, the tire go down and uh, had to come back up through the field. So um, it's definitely taken, taken a lot of hard work and, 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 and good recovery by, by our team. And obviously being able to stay in the top five, you know, it's been important, you know, it's, it's helped us build a points lead here and, and, and that's important as well. So to, to be able to do all that, get a, get a stage win and every single race this year and, or sorry, playoff points in every single race this year and, uh, and, and two wins is, is a lot to be proud of, but you got to keep pushing the envelope. And it's important to do that, right? Especially in the middle of the season, because I feel like this season, the competition in the NASCAR Xfinity Series is about as strong as we have seen in quite some time. You know, Junior Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing, Colleague Racing, the independent teams of, of Brandon Brown and Jeremy Clements. Some of these teams have really stepped up this year. Are you sensing that from the racetrack? Absolutely. I mean, even if you just look at it from the number side, you know, Colleague's added another car. Yeah. JGR has another car running every weekend. Obviously, like you said, JRM has four cars. So, uh, I feel like those teams have, have just added another car and that makes the field deeper. But, but then I feel like a lot of those guys have, have stepped up as well. So we got to continue to elevate our game and we've got some good baselines now, as far as what we had last year versus what other guys are bringing this year. So uh, I, I feel like we, we've, we've got areas to work on just like everybody else. And, and, and we got to do our best to try and stay ahead. All three of NASCAR's national series at the Atlanta motor speedway this weekend, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series will race uh, to kick things off on Saturday. Then it's the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and you're in the NASCAR Cup Series race on Sunday as well. You'll run two of the three. Excited to get back behind the wheel of the Cup car after what seemed like a very successful Daytona 500 in February? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get that 33 team back at the racetrack. Um, excited to have Protect there. I know we've got a lot of excited folks for, from them. They've just got done open up their, their, their 100th franchise in, in the U.S. So uh, a lot of great things happening for them. So happy to have them on board. They've been a supporter of mine since, since the ARCA days. So uh, it's been cool to, to see them build as, as well as, you know, help build my career. So um, excited for that. Uh, excited to, to learn what I don't know. You know, that's a difficult racetrack. And um, diving in there with, with no practice with this package, um, it, it's going to be a challenge. You know, I think traffic is going to be a challenge for me and trying to find track position is going to be a challenge for me. So uh, there's a lot of things that I don't know, like I said. So uh, ready to jump in the deep end and figure it all out. What makes this track so difficult for you? Uh, your best finish there is seventh back in 2018. Um, so obviously not you know, your, your best mile and a half, but you're still pretty good there. A couple of top 10 finishes in three races, but what, what does make it so challenging other than the surface that's older than you and I combined, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know that the tire wear and the bumps, you know, it's, it's a very bumpy racetrack, hard to get the car happy. Um, and, and, and the tire wear is, is obviously massive. Uh, the, there are some options of where to, where to go. So that probably makes finding track position maybe a little bit easier if you have a fast race car. So um, it, it's a track that I, I do feel like I have somewhat of an understanding on. I don't feel like our, my results have, have uh, shown the comfort I have there. Um, so I'm excited to, to see if I'm right or not. I prob probably is the best way to put it. Um, but, but it's definitely a racetrack I had circled of, of ones that I wanted to do this year because I want to feel challenged. But uh, at, at the same time, it's like I said, it's somewhere I have somewhat, somewhat of a comfort level. But that's 500 mile race. I mean, that's that's a long race. I mean, yes, the Daytona 500 is 500 miles. But for me to do my first, you know, uh, downforce uh, handling racetrack as a 500 mile race, it's definitely going to open my eyes a little bit and give me some perspective on, on what these long races are all about. Either. Of course, talking about the cup car, this will be your second start this weekend. What does your schedule look like right now with that car? Or are you just taking it week to week, month to month? Yeah, we, we have to be week to week. You know, there's some, there's some races in the near future that we want to do. But um, the reason why we're getting to run this race is because we still have enough owner's points from the Daytona 500. Um, so it, that, that puts us in the 40 car field when uh, you don't have practice or qualifying. And uh, barring a, a good run this weekend at Atlanta, um, we will probably be able to do some more races here soon. So uh, that's why I can't say anything. That's why I'm cryptic because you know I, I could be promising something that's not real. So um, hopefully we're, we're able to we're able to have a have a solid weekend and and build up the, the, those points for us. I think right now we're 36th in owners points. Um, so hopefully hopefully a good weekend and, and hopefully that can make things easier to, to to announce and get out there and get excited about. Well, we look forward to watching you this weekend times two on Saturday in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, on Sunday in the NASCAR Cup Series. Congratulations on the win in Phoenix, Austin, and uh, best of luck to you this weekend. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Camping World Truck Series driver Grant Enfinger joins us. And later, we'll talk to Kyle Larson's crew chief, Cliff Daniels. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We appreciate you joining us here on this week's NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is back on track this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Last year's winner, Grant Enfinger, is looking to score his first win of the season after finishing in the top 10 in his season debut at Las Vegas. MRN's Woody Kane sat him down ahead of this weekend's Atlanta action. Checkered flag goes in the air, and Grant Enfinger wins the Bet Ticks Camping World 200 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Heading back to a track at Atlanta where you won a year ago, only running a part-time schedule this year, but this has got to be one you've circled. 
Definitely. You know, uh, obviously, uh, Atlanta is pretty close to the Charlotte area where I live now. It's also pretty close to, to the homeland back in Alabama. So uh, it's always, always been a, an enjoyable race for me. Um, you know, that it's a place that's got a, a ton of character. You can move around the track uh, quite a bit there. Um, and, and you have to pace yourself. You know, there's going to be comers and goers there. Uh, so, so yeah, Atlanta's uh, one, one always circled on our list. But, but yeah, coming off a, a big win there last year. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we're able to, to do it again. All right, now hold that thought because we're going to get back to Atlanta before we finish. But you mentioned uh, your Alabama roots, where you where you come from. You were just there racing this weekend. Tell folks about the Rattler 250 at, at South Alabama Speedway because it's a huge deal in the in the super late model world. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big race down there in Alabama. Uh, you know, the super late model, I, I think everybody's familiar with the Snowball Derby. With the Rattlers, uh, another big uh, marquee race down there. So I was fortunate enough to Archie St. Hilaire, who, uh, who I drove for at the Snowball this past year, was able to uh, to put together a deal with him and, and go down there and run the Rattler. Didn't have the, the best finish we were looking for. We, we came home 11th, but uh, just a great time being down there with friends. Had a great turnout, great weather, great field of, of super late models. I think 33 uh, cars. Took, took the green flag there uh, yesterday or, or on Sunday, um, I should say. But, but yeah, great, great race. Uh, congratulations to a fellow Thorsport teammate now, uh, Tom Ajeski, on, on the big win there. Boy, it's been a while since we've been able to say great weather, great fans, all those things together at the same time, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it, it was. It was just a, an awesome experience. It's kind of kind of like a, a pre-pandemic feel out there. <laughs> At the first of the year, it was announced that you would be part-time with Thor Sport this season. You would be sharing that ride. And since then, you've done the Rattler. You've also run the Las Vegas race and the Camping World Truck Series, although not for Thor Sport. Tell me about piecing your schedule together with now the gaps that you you've come up with here in the beginning of the year. How have you filled those up? Yeah, there's definitely, uh, like you mentioned, uh, a few gaps in, in my schedule, but but I don't want to stay home. You know, uh, I love my wife, but but I don't want to be here at the house. So I want to be racing. So, um, you know, uh, life is pretty fluid right now uh, on the racing scene. So just going to kind of, uh, you know, try to try to piece together some some other one-off races or, or whatever we can do um you know and, and there there is some still hope to to run some more races at Thorsport. so i have 11 more races scheduled uh currently in the 98 truck but but there's possibilities of, of adding to that schedule so just uh just gonna gonna see how everything goes and and make the most of the opportunity that that i have here the camping world uh, element was pretty interesting to me at Las Vegas because you were one of several guys who wound up carrying the camping world colors. Marcus Lamonis kind of issued a, I don't know if you'd call it a challenge, but uh, encouraged some guys to jump on board for that race saying he would help out. Explain how all that worked and how did we wind up with, what was it, 10 camping world trucks? <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty wild. I, I've never seen anything quite like that. But um, uh, Marcus had reached out to me after I was not at the Daytona Road Course and, and kind of asked me the situation and, and how I could help and and, uh, and and wanted to to do some things to to try to give it get us back to full time status. So we're still working on a lot of those things. Um, they've been able to uh, to put some stuff together with Champion Power Equipment that has uh, helped a lot of people um, and, and has also helped in our, our racing endeavors. So um, yeah, we're gonna have Champion power equipment back on the truck this uh this weekend in atlanta uh camping world's gonna gonna be on there as well so um you know just just thank you to, to all those guys for 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 supporting us and uh and, and sticking behind us now now what did he do i think it was like ten thousand dollars to wrap the truck and then more based on how you performed in the race was that it 
So the Las Vegas deal, he, he had basically challenged a, a lot of the drivers out there to, um, hey, if, if you if you wrap your truck in the Camping World colors, I, I think the number was was fifteen thousand dollars is is what he would give to any truck that out there that would wrap those those colors. And then yeah, if you finish a top ten, it's an additional ten thousand dollars, and a top five was was additional as well. So he uh, he he spent some money out there in in Las Vegas, but but uh, he, I, I'd say uh, everybody probably got their money's worth on, on that deal. Um, it brought a lot of attention to, to our sport and and, uh, and obviously the, the truck series itself. And, and Marcus has is has uh, done this, but he's done a lot over the last few years to to get energy back in in our sport and and uh, put up different different bounties and, and, and different challenges and. And uh, crew bonuses. Uh, fortunately, at Thor Sport Racing, we've uh, we've been able to take some of those uh, those those bounties and those bonuses there. Crafting um, went when he was able to, to win the championship a couple years ago. That was a big bonus to, to the crew guys. Actually, my win at, at uh, Atlanta last year, there was a twenty five thousand dollar bonus to, to the crew guys. So um, he, he does a lot for the support. Um, does a lot for the support the sport <laughs> that's uh, that's getting tough to say um but uh but yeah thank you to, to him but but also thank you to, to our champion power equipment guys and, and all the guys that, that, that get us there now you mentioned what he's doing for the sport and that has sort of an old school feel to it another thing that has a great history in the sport is helping out in time of need now i saw marcus limonis with a bunch of social media the 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 head guy at camping world sponsor of the truck series when the texas storm hit the winter storm hit and so many people were without power and water and you were one of the guys who uh stepped up to try and help with champion power equipment he was trying to get water you were trying to help get power how did all that work out and come together yeah, you know, obviously there, there's a there's already been a strong relationship with Camping World and Champion Power Equipment, so uh, a lot of those relationships were already there. But uh, yeah, they they're able to facilitate some of those and and, uh, and and get extra generators sent down to Texas when they needed it. It was definitely a, a time of uh, a dire emergency. Uh, so fortunate to to be able to to be on the side of of, of the good ones and, and and the guys trying to support that. Also, our friends at Blue Spring uh, Living Water, they were able to to send some water out there as well to, to help help everybody in need so um yeah it's uh, it's good to, to be on on the uh, the giving end of some of that and and uh, i don't i don't feel like i had any part of, of that but i definitely uh definitely be, be great to, to be on the side of champion power equipment and, and those great partners that we have thank you woody to hear the full interview head over to mrn.com and check out this week's episode of mrn out loud Coming up, Hendrick Motorsports crew chief for the number five car. Cliff Daniels will join us. And later, we'll take a look at this weekend's NASCAR Cup Series action at Atlanta. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Following nearly a full season away from the NASCAR Cup Series, Kyle Larson has joined Hendrick Motorsports in the number five car. And helping to guide Kyle in his first season at Hendrick is his crew chief, Cliff Daniels. MRN's Steve Post caught up with Cliff to discuss the early season success for the team and the challenges that lie ahead. Cliff, on October 28th of last year, it was announced that you were going to be the crew chief for Kyle Larson. You you knew that it was, we all knew it was Jimmy's last season, so we knew the change was coming. When you found out you were going to be paired with Kyle Larson, Larson, just what were some of your initial thoughts and, and just what some of your initial thoughts? Yeah, so I, I had followed, you know, Kyle's path really closely last year, um, obviously with what happened and, and him kind of getting removed from the sport. Uh, and, and then 
you know, just from, from Jimmy and from other folks that I knew, knowing that Kyle was doing a lot of work behind the scenes um, to, to rectify the situation, to make sure he was reaching out of the community. And, and, and he really is a great human being and so genuine in his work uh, that I, I kind of knew he would get the opportunity to return someday. Yeah. Didn't mean I ever thought it was necessarily going to be on our car. So I, I knew he may come back. Well, then to kind of double down on, on the positivity that I was hearing behind the scenes about him, uh, he, he won half the dirt races that he entered last year, literally half, which, which is just a record year, right? Un unbelievable. Yeah. Winning one out of every two starts in anything, any type of car uh, is just incredible. So mixing all that together, I knew when he came back, not a matter of if, but when, when he came back, it was just going to be, um, you know, really really a great moment for the sport and, and probably going to be a, a big boost of positivity uh, for whatever team he got to be with. So then, you know, long story short, find out it's going to be on our team. We're sad. We're losing Jimmy, you know, such a long, great run with him. You know, Jimmy is just an amazing champion, amazing guy, such a big part of our team. You know, th there was a bit of a, I, I mean, that, that, that's sad, right? You, you, you know, your, your favorite guy, your favorite driver, he's retiring, he's moving on. But to have Kyle come back and, and with all the other things I just mentioned was a big boost of positivity that, that we needed um, just because the last few years had been so tough and Jimmy's moving on. And, and now here we are with a guy who's uh, who's who's hitting all the all the right marks and uh, and is a winner and is amazing talent, a talent of our generation. Um, it, it, I, my first thought was how thankful I was to even be considered, you know, to be with him. Uh, and, and then the, the greater scope of it really cool to have him be on our team and our company back in the sport. You know, it's a big win for NASCAR to have him back. Um, I, I just think it's really incredible. We have our wing nation program on and we had him everywhere last year. I mean, you know, it's like he'd, he'd win two of them. We'd have him on and then he'd win two and we have him on a podcast. We put him everywhere. Amazing. And, and one of the things I believe you had the chance to do once this was announced, once you knew you'd be paired up with him, am I right? Did you get to a dirt race or two and just kind of, kind of see what his world was like and get acquainted with him in his, in his environment? Yeah, I did. And, and it was really cool to, to see him in that environment, which is, you know, kind of his natural element. Um, He's so strong in that environment. So I, I saw him went to the uh, the dirt race in Charlotte that had the late models, I guess, one week and then the sprint cars the next week. Or maybe I had that flipped. Uh, there was a midget race at Millbridge Speedway and then uh, went to the Chili Bowl. So those four different races, different types of cars, different environments, right from a, a winged World of Outlaw sprint car to a, to a midget on small tracks. Uh, and then, of course, the, the late model his demeanor around the car is so incredible because he's so thoughtful uh, and, and just tuned in on what he is going to do behind the wheel. Didn't pay any attention to the race cars, zero attention to the race cars. The whole time he's watching video, he's studying himself, he's studying his competitors to see that and to see his calm nature. And then when he straps behind, you know, the wheel and puts his helmet on, um, it, you know, I've said this before, he drives like a lion, right? It's, it's amazing to see what he can do on track. So to, to learn that aspect um, and just those, those little, you know, kind of nuggets that I, that I pulled away from those races is really cool because now I know going to our races, you know, he's really not interested in digging into what spring we're running or, or what our, our wedge is, right? Like he wants to focus on his craft. So I don't need to waste time talking about our setup. Hey man, you know, if, if our car's doing this or that, how are you going to adjust and what can I do to make it better for you? that's been the, the scope of our conversation. So um, it, it was really cool to be in those environments with him and, and, and learn, you know, what I did. 
Cliff, you come from a racing background. Your dad, a champion up at Langley Speedway. You did some short track racing. I'm curious, as just a racing guy, what was your takeaway from going to the Chili Bowl, one of the iconic events, let alone going with Kyle, but what what'd you think of that as a, as, as a racing guy? As a racing guy, it, it really deepened my respect that, uh, look, the, the, the battle, let's be honest, the battle between asphalt short, short track guys and dirt short track guys is always going to be there, right? Like, yeah. that's never going to change. It's a healthy conversation. It's a healthy argument. It's hilarious. I love it. Um, I was on the asphalt side of the fence for so long that I, I hadn't ever really been immersed in the dirt environment at, at a, a really deep level, a handful of times with some folks I knew in college, but not, you know, really deep. Uh, but to go be at the Chili Bowl, even for the, the day that we were there, um, the pace of that, you know, race is so fast from the heats the way everything goes down, the way the guys work on their cars, their crews are just digging the whole time. Um, the, the fans are immersed in the environment. Like I, I had such a deeper respect and, and just appreciation for dirt racing, specifically from that race and, and other ones that I had been to, you know, more recently uh, that, that it was so cool to see. And, and then I, I was completely spoiled, right? Because my first Chili Bowl experience, I get to walk around with Jeff Gordon and, and my, my future driver, Kyle Larson, w- wins the race. So John Edwards and I were joking about it. I was like, I can never go to the Chili Bowl again. Like, how do you beat that? Walk around with Jeff Gordon and Kyle Larson wins the race, like one and done. But uh, trust me, I'm going back. But it it was cool. Thank you, Steve. To hear the full interview, head over to MRN.com and check out this week's episode of MRN Crew Call. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's racing action at Atlanta, plus another edition of This Week in NASCAR History on the way as well. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, though, the NASCAR Cup Series is getting ready to head into Hampton, Georgia this weekend, just south of Atlanta for the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Here's Kurt Becker with a quick preview of what to expect this weekend in the ATL. This weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series returns to the southeastern United States as Atlanta Motor Speedway hosts Race 6 on the campaign. Most competitors enjoy the mile-and-a-half track at Atlanta because the surface is seasoned and worn, putting more emphasis on driver talent and finesse. Team Penske driver Joey Logano describes what it's like racing at Atlanta. Driving down a gravel road, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, um, Not that you should be trying to go fast down a gravel road, but it feels a lot like that, um, that you're just you're sliding around. There's no grip at all uh you know and there's more now than there used to be because we have a bunch of downforce and we don't have as much horsepower but and it used to be you know when we had all the big power and the small spoiler you'd be hard to get wide open down that front straightaway uh you know and you're going 170 miles an hour or so on on old tires and lighten them up all the way down the straightaway if you choose to like awesome (laughs) just just cool logano's teammate ryan blaney yeah atlanta's you know it's, it's up there with the roughest track we go to as far as how abrasive the pavement is. Just it's it's old and worn out uh, and the bumps. Uh, it's really bumpy there. Um, you know, you have a big tunnel bump in the middle of one and two. Um, and then all through three and four, it's like a wavy, wavy set of bumps. You know, it's nothing really rigid, but it's, it's just wavy all the way through there and your car is all unsettled. So um, you ever been driving down the highway or an old road and you're like, man, they need to repave this road. Uh, this is getting really old. It's cracked. It's it's worn out. That's pretty much what Atlanta is, but we're going 190 mile an hour around there. 
Um, I'm not saying they need to repave it by any means. They don't need to repave it. Hendrick Motorsports driver William Byron says the tires wear quickly on that very abrasive surface. I mean, you notice it really every corner. Um, you know, you might have a couple laps that are uh, that are good, and and uh, the this you know the tires feel the same, but then after that, each corner is just less and less grip. So it's a uh, it's a challenge just to keep your car straight. Um, you know, and then on top of that, you're racing guys, and as soon as guys take away. Uh, you know, your lane, it's, it becomes really hard to, to find another lane uh, to, to be as fast in. So it, it's, all, it's all very difficult. Catch the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway this Sunday. The Performance Racing Network will have coverage starting at 3 p.m. Eastern. For this week's race preview, I'm Kurt Becker. Thank you, Kurt. And my friends, it's that time again. It's time for this week in NASCAR history with Susie Armstrong. Susie? Thank you, Mike. 1983, Lionel Richie's debut solo album resonates on the AC charts as the second single, You Are, reaches number one. The CD antics of J.R. Ewing, Miss Ellie, and Jock kept Dallas fans glued to CBS in primetime. Dustin Hoffman pulled off the ultimate character hoax in the box office hit Tootsie, and Richard Petty pulled out all the stops at The Rock, leading the final 29 laps of the Carolina 500 at North Carolina Motor Speedway. They're single file, lap traffic in front of Petty. Petty on the bottom of the racetrack. Elliott's right in behind him. He slipped a little bit high in turn three. Checkered flag coming out this time. Richard Petty trying to hold Bill Elliott back there as they come out of the corner. Elliott goes down to the inside, makes a run at him, and will miss by half a car length, and Richard Petty will win it. But give the young Dawsonville, Georgia, all the credit in the world. He gave it everything he had, and Benny comes up about three feet short. 1987, New York rappers Mike D, MCA, and Ad Rock, a.k.a. the Beastie Boys, broke records of plenty with their debut album, License to Ill. The 13th Annual People's Choice Awards took a hot lap around pop culture, honoring a diverse cast from Meryl Streep to Kenny Rogers and Pat Sajak. And Ricky Rudd was cutting some fast ones around Atlanta Motor Speedway, driving the Motorcraft Ford to victory in the Motorcraft Quality Parts 500. You gotta fight! Ricky seems to be showing his cards now. If Benny's going to make a move, he's going to have to really draw tight off turn two. They exit the corner. It's still two car lanes. Benny Parsons trying to draw close, but Rudd comes inside the groove to break the trap. Wallace up high. Here comes Parsons. He's up against the back bumper of Ricky Rudd's car. Benny takes it way high out of turn number four. Rudd comes up, closes the door to win the Motorcraft 500. 1992, Garth Brooks lassoed record sales by the millions as the country superstar's third studio album, Rope in the Wind, debuts at number one. Two dozen artists converge on an Irving, Texas stadium to raise money for America's food growers as Farm Aid 5 cranks up with the likes of Arlo Guthrie, Bonnie Raitt, and John Mellencamp. From SNL to the big screen, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey keep the franchise going in a big way as Wayne's World rules the box office. And Jeff Gordon had an excellent day in Hotlanta, nabbing a career-first NASCAR Xfinity Series victory in the Atlanta 300. They're sailing ahead for Jeff Gordon. He rolls off into the banking of turn three. Everything's fine. Harry Gann has taken over the second spot now from Hunt Strickland. The battle is for fourth as Davey Allison tries to keep the high side of Morgan Shepard. In only his 35th start, Jeff Gordon of Pittsburgh, Indiana, takes the checkered flag and wins the Atlanta 300. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. That's going to put a wrap on things for us this week here on NASCAR Live. 
like to thank Austin Cendrick before we go. He stopped by to visit with us. I'd like to thank Grant Enfinger and Cliff Daniels. They joined the show as well. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you as well for being a part of our listening audience and hope you join us next week right here for another edition of NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Julian Council, and Rich Cobra. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.